Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show, bad people. Welcome to our show. Anyone who want to learn more about organizing, managing your process, welcome, because today we are going to discuss many things about that. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Joe Blood. How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on here as well. Yeah, big pleasure. I want to learn more about that. I know how it's important, you know, to choose priorities, to have discipline and many other things, especially today when we have some people who can work remotely, who can work in office, uh, at home. It doesn't matter, just... Uh, you need to control and manage the process. Joe, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Okay, so my name's Joe. I run a company called Posture People, and we're based down in Brighton in the UK. And we help people sit better at their workstation. So we do workstation assessments and then we supply the products if people are having sort of problems and they just need a little bit more help and support. And so we've been going now for 18 years. So we've obviously seen so many people in that time. I know. (laughs) Look at that face. 18 years. um, And I've got the grey hair to prove it. But effectively, we've got, um, we've seen every shape, every size type of person. We've seen every type of workstation. And sort of one of the things we're really passionate about is actually just making sure that people have the fundamentals of how they need to sit at a workstation so they minimise the risk to their bodies when they're working, really. And it helps them to work better and be more productive when they're sitting and working. Yeah, nice, nice. John, I want to ask about the study, I read online study, about people. 70% of people hate their job or unhappy with their jobs. It's yeah. a lot. No? More than half people hate their jobs. And I remember I had the same experience when I started my journey. That was hard, you know. I think my first job was like uh, a toxic environment. Then I changed my job because uh, I started my uh, entrepreneurial journey. And I remember a few years ago, uh, something happened, happened in my company. We worked on a big project and I didn't have time to handle the process to analyze how things are going on. And uh, a toxic environment appeal in my company, you know, yeah, that was hard. Uh, good players left my team and I want to ask you about this toxic environment how to handle the process how to make people happy why 70% of people hate their jobs just give any tips about that well I don't know and actually I sort of think if somebody does hate their job I always say why stay there there are people have got options and you need to look for an environment which you do enjoy Um, I think a lot of it comes down to the quality of leadership in companies as well. So if you haven't got a company, if you haven't got managers and leaders who are listening to you, then you don't feel valued being there. So I think a lot of it comes down to I think a lot of people who are running their own business and have got people working for them need to take responsibility for actually making sure that the people underneath them, underneath them, that's the wrong word, obviously not underneath them, but the people that are working in their companies are actually happy with what 
they're doing and they feel like they're contributing as well. And there's lots of things you can do. It, it seems like if the environment isn't right, you can change the environment. But I think fundamentally, people aren't happy with people. It's not necessarily just down to the environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand that. But uh, anyway, we need to handle the process. I mean, like I have uh, a lot of business owners uh, who can listen to this podcast and they want to know how to encourage people, how to motivate them and how to make them happy. Because if people are not happy in, in your companies, that means uh, they're not productive. Now, it's hard to go ahead to overcome yeah. competitors, to compete. So can you give some tips for business leaders? You mentioned leadership. Uh, what we can do to uh, start uh, fixing now? For example, if we have 70% of people are unhappy with their with jobs. So any tips how to fix this uh, common issue? Uh, specifically in companies that can listen to this podcast. <laughs> okay. Oh, I don't know. Uh, it's not quite my area of expertise, but um, I can only say what I do from a business perspective. I make sure that I have regular meetings with um, everyone who works with posture people. Um, we listen to them, we take their ideas and we try and instigate it into the business as well. We also have a lot of transparency about what we're doing so that people feel like they're part of the journey. Um, it's obviously making sure that they have, I suppose because I'm in this environment, I I think actually that people have to make sure that their environment is inspiring as well and that they're productive when they're working. So they can look at it in terms of saying, right, well, is there something which is making people unhappy? Um, ask people. I think that's the key, isn't it? Communication. So if they come back and say, well, actually, I'm not comfortable at work, I'm not productive at work, that's where you can do things like actually running workstation assessments to actually see whether or not um, uh, there's fundamental problems happening. So I people aren't sitting correctly so that's helping to contribute to them not feeling happy at work so that's probably the tips from my kind of angle that I do it from um, but um, I am passionate in thinking that communication is the key to improving whether people are happy at work or not mm -hmm. yeah I want to ask about your consulting methods um, I check out your profile your uh, company profile and I see you help with consulting to lead in the right direction and uh, you know according to some data uh, customers implement only 40 percent of all recommendations you know for example if they pay you like 10 uh, k you know and uh, six six thousand can be wasted so it's a lot you know <laughs> so yeah. can you tell your methods how to uh, highlight it's important to do something for example you have a list of tips what we can fix how to go ahead. So how to tell or transfer importance of these things uh, and yeah, uh, just uh, to lead in the right direction. Okay, so I suppose what we consult on is how people are sitting at a workstation. So how, so it's a little bit of background. So we'll go in and um, somebody will have contacted us because they've got a member of staff who's in pain when they're sitting at the desk. 
So we come along, we'll do the workstation assessment, we'll go through how they're sitting, where the monitors are, where the keyboards are, and then we'll actually look at it and make recommendations. Now, it's very much that when you're sitting working, some of the problems can actually happen because you've formed bad habits over a number of years. So it's not just about people taking up the recommendations in our reports. It's about the individual changing habits as well. And so part of it is we talk a lot about how people can go in, change habits, um, little tips like reminders about sticking sticky notes on monitors to be able to break bad habits. But there is also a legal obligation for employers to take what we put down in our report, because if they choose to ignore it, then actually that employee can actually turn turn around in a couple of years time and say, well, actually, it's damaged. Um, it's damaged part of my uh, hand or my wrist or something. And therefore, because you didn't follow up on the recommendations, I'm now going to sue you. So part of it is to... I think we're in a slightly different position to some other people that are doing consultancy because there's a legal obligation for, for employers to actually implement what we're saying. Um, so it, I've done it myself where I've paid consultants where I've kind of, in the best will in the world, I've kind of gone, right, I'm going to implement all these changes and I haven't done it. So I think part of it is actually as business owners, you have to set aside the time to finish the project. And it's the same with workstation assessments. If you've got somebody in coming to tell you what's wrong, you actually need to find the time to actually make those changes. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. Valuable, valuable. Love it. Uh, okay, Joe, let's talk about uh, how to start. For example, you get a new customer. Let's imagine. Uh, I become a new customer, you know? Yeah. Uh, so uh, can you tell how to start? Uh, I know many my clients uh, and I am, we are busy. You know, we have no time. You know, We need yeah. to uh, develop our products, innovate products. We need to handle the process, to manage people, to speak with them. So we are busy, many things to do. So can you tell how to find the balance between that company should go ahead and uh, to improve uh, the process that we have in our companies? Oh, I'm not sure. Um, I think it comes down to actually, again, putting some time aside for these things. So one of the things that I always do is on a Wednesday afternoon, I dedicate some time to actually doing larger projects to move forward. So I think it's quite important to map that actually out in your diary and actually have that put onto one side. And then you actually make sure that things happen, things change. Whereas otherwise, you're just going around in circles, really, and not actually moving forward. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to quote your motto, you know, love your workspace. Can you yes. tell more about that? How to love it? I can, I can love my mom. I love my dogs, my daughters. But yeah. of course, I want to love my uh, workspace. But can yeah. you explain how to do it? Yes. Um, I think that comes from a place of the fact that what you don't want to do is feel uncomfortable when you're working. So part of it is if you can make some small changes, you won't actually find that you feel achy and you feel quite um, so 
fed up at the end of the day. So that's what we want to encourage people to do is actually for them to be able to sit down and kind of go, this is a great space to work. And by just making a few simple changes, you can actually do that. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I remember one great book about uh, habits, you know, atom uh, Atomic Habits. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. It's a great yeah. book. Yeah. And uh, what I learned from this book, uh, we can learn, for example, I know that we need to change something. And, uh, for example, people can smoke, drink, uh, have these bad habits. Uh, I had them as well. Uh, I usually fight with them. But I know it's hard to know and to implement. It's quite different. For example, someone knows it's better not to eat junk food, but they still eat you know, yeah. uh, junk food. They can drink or smoke, many things. And, you know, it's uh, hard work to change habits. I mean, like from bad habits to good ones. You mentioned that uh, you need to make these slight changes, but how to stick with them, how to have this discipline that uh, it's new environment and, and you need to go ahead with that. Yeah, I think a lot of it is repetition. So um, I've, I've read the Atomic Habits book and it's brilliant. And there's another chap, um, somebody Fogg, that talks about little micro habits. And part of it is, is to tie a habit into another action. So say, for example, that you want to do 10 press ups every morning. You essentially have to like put your shoes somewhere different and actually put a note by them saying 10 press ups or something so that you have something that is a kind of reaction and a prompt for you to do it. So one of the things that we do when we talk to people when they're trying to break bad habits at the workstation is that we use those visual cues. So we quite often say to people, so one of the kind of like real problems people have is that they lean into the screen too much. And actually when you're leaning into the screen, what can happen is that can hurt your lower back. So just to remind people to sit back is what we tend to do is put a post-it note at the top of their monitor saying sit back. And so what we say is actually move that post-it note every now and again so that you can actually um, visually be prompted and reminded. There's some great pop-up tools um, on Chrome. I think one's called Posture Minder, where effectively it will flash up a little reminder every 15 minutes. And it's things like that. You need something to be able to remind you to change a habit. Um, there are basic things like sitting at the right height is really, really important because if you sit too low, it puts more strain onto the shoulders. Whereas that is just a simple check each morning, particularly if you don't have a fixed desk at work or at home. Well, at home, it's better because effectively you fix the height of your chair. But if you're going into the office and you're in a hot desking environment, you'll be faced with a new chair every day. But all you need to do is actually go in, relax your shoulders, bend your arms at the right angle, and your desk needs to be at the same height as your elbows. So you need to adjust your chair so that you're sitting at the right height. And just that little change will actually mean that your shoulders and your neck are more relaxed during the day. Yeah, nice. Uh, by the way, uh, I think it's better to stay or uh, lay. <laughs> Two things because I usually stay. And um, I remember, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I read this information from Dale Carnegie. Yeah, he wrote on his book that yeah. uh, the best way 
uh, if you want to be productive, you need to have comfortable position. But sitting is not comfortable, you know. And our body uh, was not created to sit. We no. can stay, we can walk, we can lay, but not sit. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I usually stay. It it works well. Yeah, I can yeah. focus. But if I can't stay, I can take my sofa you know, and can feel comfortable as well yeah. in this position <laughs> yeah standing is equally important as sitting at the right height so again you have to make sure that desk is at the right height for you otherwise you're leaning over when you're typing and doing things and that can put more strain through through the back and the shoulders as well so the, the kind of optimum position when you're working is to be able to move between sitting and standing because then your body doesn't get too tired in any one position mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i got it okay uh, let's talk about uh i mean like for example if we uh, speak about one person yeah it works you can spend time, explain, uh, to create these habits, but how to transfer this data to plus thousand people? You know, if it's big company, many people are there and you want to make them happy. So uh, can you tell your methods? I mean, like how to analyze all environment, uh, including furniture, everything, you know, uh, that you can see and to transfer data to thousand people. Uh, I think there's a couple of ways of doing that. So everybody should have a workstation assessment so we've got a great online workstation tool where people can literally go online and fill out a self-assessment so they're going through and kind of analyzing how they're sitting and then the program will flag up if there's any problems um, in terms of getting the information out to everybody we use youtube so um, we've got lots and lots of instructional videos on our youtube channel which is posture people uk um, but we've also do training as well so in the same way and that's been one of the huge benefits of covid and let's face it there's not been many benefits but um the fact that everyone's embraced online tutorials and webinars so you can hold a webinar and get that information out to a lot of people very quickly and allow them to be able to ask questions as well so we've done a lot of webinars we've done a lot of online training and that just allows people to be able to drop in and be able to get that information quickly but yet because you've still got it up on the screen you can still see people up there as well mm -hmm. yeah and uh, what do you think to work in person or online uh do you feel the difference between them of course we, we live in, in the modern world we can uh, call on zoom skype any other messenger but uh sometimes i can feel much better to get information if i have in person consultancy you know when i can see so uh can you tell the difference and how you decide this issue um the gold standard is always in person isn't it? it it's much easier if you've got somebody sitting next to you where you can talk through the issues and be able to see exactly what's going on but effectively that has to be done on a one-in-one -on -one basis and it's more expensive so things like doing it online helps to reduce the cost slightly but you probably get a slight reduction in service and then when you do the training to everybody 
effectively you're getting that information out but how much are people absorbing it so I think it comes down to how serious the issue is so if you've got somebody that's having a lot of problems when they're working you're probably better off having it face to face whereas somebody that you just need to do a quick check on then that can be done online or if you're trying to tell your whole company how they should be working then that's where you've got the kind of weapon webinar that actually that forum works really really well for mm -hmm. i want to ask about personalization you know for example uh yeah i can stay you know i i'm working i can stay that's okay for me yeah. uh if i tell to stay to my wife she will tell me you know <laughs> go, <laughs> go to another place it's, it's yeah. not for me i don't want to stay i yeah. i like to uh to sit you know yeah. uh, if i tell my son you know you can stay to do your homework he will no 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 i'm going to play soccer uh, i'm not interested with that leave 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 me uh get away you know uh, so i think people are different we are different it's okay we have different cultures mentality uh habits so can you tell how to personalize experience because you mentioned i mean like it concerns the average data the average person but we are different so can you tell how to analyze uh personal experience physical conditions and uh to provide the best tips um, I think that comes down to the knowledge of the assessor. So obviously all of our assessors have spent a long time looking at how people are working, talking to various different people with different types of conditions. So it's a little bit like then going to see like a, a physio or somebody, effectively we've seen this scenario before, so it helps to be able to give that advice. I think there are Although it's personalization, there are kind of categories that people fall into. So very tall people, very small people, very large people, people with lower back problems, people with neck problems. And so although it talks about personalization, there are a lot of things that are in common. So therefore, what's worked for one tall person is very likely to work for the next tall person. But then if it doesn't work, you can tweak it and actually change your advice slightly. But it comes down to sort of having that base knowledge to actually know the products that you're talking about, to know how people should be sitting at the desk. And once you've got that, it's quite easy to apply it. Mm -hmm. uh, we have introverts, extroverts. That's okay, you know, to be at any position. Uh, for example, uh, I read that Bill Gates is uh introvert elon musk is introvert uh, yeah it's hard to believe it because elon musk is yeah. correct, you know <laughs> but yeah <laughs> according to some data he's an introvert but no uh, i think uh, some people need to have communication uh i check out on your profile uh, about your company that you can help with office design you know so uh we can separate some people and they are comfortable to be yeah alone someone needs the company to speak with everyone to discuss everything so can you tell how then to organize the process if you're talking about office design you know for example someone can be alone to stay on this place and be productive someone wanna company to, to communicate with others to discuss everything that they have so tell your tips how to do it <laughs> Oh, I think that's going to come down to each individual company. But 
in essence, what you can look at is the type of characters that you've got within your company. As you say, there's introverts. So say we were looking at some kind of web company, you might have your developers and they're the people that like to be sitting there with their headphones on, they're sort of slouched down in front of the computer and they're very focused. Now, what you need to think about is they're not the ideal group of people to place next to your sales team that are noisy, loud and like jumping up and down and being very sort of um, with a load of group of people because they feed off that energy. So it's then about sorting out the different spaces. Now, a lot of people with hybrid working and hot desking are actually looking at kind of creating zones within a company. So you'll have your kind of quiet zone, which has got lots of soft acoustic absorbing material around it. It's got booths so that people go and have quiet conversations, but they can't be heard. And then you'll have kind of big communal tables where people can kind of gather around and be mixing and bouncing ideas off each other. But I think the important thing is not necessarily to say, right, you're an introvert, you have to sit here and you're an extrovert, so you're over here. It's more about creating zones where people are comfortable in and can yeah. choose what they want to do. So if they want to do focused work, they can naturally gravitate towards the area that is a quieter area. And then if they want to be with people, then you've got the kind of big communal spaces as well. So it's about creating the different zones within an office. And mm -hmm. one thing as well is also to important factor is sort of neurodiversity as well. So people with special needs in terms of well, how do you make sure they're comfortable with the environment as well? So there is an incredible um, there's there's products now which are pods, which effectively are like single booths. But you can go in and the sound is very deadened around you. So they are really, really good for focused work and also, they can have a huge advantage for somebody with um, neurodiverse um, tendencies because effectively towards the end of the day, they can feel that they've been just a bit too overwhelmed. And actually, they can go into one of these pods and actually use it as a, as a kind of decompression area as well, which just allows them to focus back in on the work. So it, it's the zones, really, making sure you've got different zones within a company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, valuable. John, I want to ask about money. You know, if you are talking about office uh, design uh, to replace some furniture, yeah, yeah sometimes it's expensive. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I know many business owners want to know uh, ROI, return on investment. For example, uh, if it helps to increase productivity, uh, then, yeah, they will invest money on that. I mean, like to uh redesign uh their office um for example i always do it in digital that's part of the process to redesign website content but yeah uh, <laughs> i think we can do it in office as well but uh can you share some average data if you have it i mean like for example if i invest x amount of money then uh the, in the average according to your experience, we can increase productivity plus 20% or increase sales, anything if you have such numbers. Yeah, I don't think there's been research done. Somebody might prove me wrong that's listening, but I don't think there's been research done like that on office design because that's quite hard to to 
quantify so it's if you invest this much you're going to get this much back it has been applied to things like call centers where they have put in ergonomic chairs and actually they can see that the productivity levels went up for the call handers and there has been research done by a company called flock to actually show that more investment in better seating can lead to more productive in call handling. But you need to be able to have that metrics to measure. So it's quite easy to do within call handling, but within a whole office environment. How do you measure productivity? You're probably better to measure it in terms of retention of staff, staff satisfaction um, and um, whether or not um, people feel happier when they're coming to work. And that would be like a customer satisfaction survey. Um, but it would, I don't know of any surveys off the top of my head where I'm sort of thinking, oh, yeah, that, that's been done and there are these figures. So, yeah, OK, OK. Thanks uh, for putting me on the spot. I'd have researched it. <laughs> okay yeah if you have it just send me yeah i will, I will uh, share with my audience okay joe i want to ask about struggle you know uh, if i implement something new it's a struggle always uh, mm -hmm. because you need to get out of your comfort zone and think how you can adapt something new and to go ahead with what you have so uh can you tell what kind of struggle companies can meet uh by changing office environment, uh, mindset, and everything to increase happiness on their jobs? What kind of struggles? So just, uh, sorry, I'm thinking, not sure I quite understood the question there. So I mean, like, uh, for example, um, uh, let me create one struggle. For example, time. Uh, I have no time. To handle many things but if it's important to do it yeah i will do it so it's struggle uh, to find time you know to implement something new the second struggle okay just randomly like money i need to find money to invest on that uh, yeah. the third struggle so just uh, list some struggles that companies can meet if they want to change something that they have okay so <laughs> I think one of the struggles they have is if they don't change the environment, it could cost them more because, again, okay. we're finding now where people are leaving, aren't they? So you've got sort of, as you say, 70% of people aren't happy in their jobs, so therefore they're more likely to leave. One of the biggest costs to an employer is actually recruiting staff and then training staff up so they're really productive. So what you don't want to be doing is literally having somebody leave after a year because they're not happy. So that's one of the struggles that they can sort of think about and sort of say, well, actually, we need to be able to retain these staff. So what can I look at? Um, in terms of creating for individuals the struggle about changing habits, then effectively we can look at it and sort of say, right, OK, we need to change how we're doing something. And the good, very powerful motivator is that um, they don't uh, if somebody's uncomfortable, they've got a powerful reason to actually change that. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to ask about your services. Do you help in the UK or you uh, help globally? I mean, like US, Canada, other countries? Just the UK. 
Just UK. Okay, you yeah. pay attention to UK. Okay, got it. Yeah, I think it's important <laughs> to understand mentality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, are, there are different rules and regulations across the world. So um, yeah. we know the UK regulations. I think a lot of our advice applies to people. So anybody can listen to our advice. And again, this is where things like the YouTube channel, you can have a look at it and you can make the changes yourself. And we're always happy to answer questions from across the world. We just can't supply the assessors or the products. So, yeah, got it, got it. Okay, John, let's talk about something that I always do. I made a lot of mistakes, some of them terrible, some slight mistakes, but yeah, I keep doing them because I, some, sometimes I don't know how to learn something new. And uh, I think everyone starts from generic strategies, best practices, then we can adapt to think how to implement. So, can you list? mistakes that we can avoid. For example, if someone decided to change many things in their companies, uh, can you list, list mistakes that companies still do, but they can avoid? Ooh, um, not leaving enough time for you to do something. So mm -hmm. make sure you've got the time to do something. And then also communicate it properly as well. I think the worst thing that people can do is just decide they're going to change something, but not actually talk about why they're changing it and actually not have a proper plan in place. So I think that's where things quite often go wrong is when the plan isn't there and that you haven't really told you haven't quite got everybody on board with the plan. You're just trying to sort of force it through in some ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Joe, I want to ask about one aspect that I think it's important. For example, what I found in my company, uh, I usually uh, cooperate with clients who understand what I do. If they don't, I usually tell them, take my course, uh, go to YouTube, Google, just learn, get the basic. Because if they understand why we need to create high quality content, how to market, uh, yeah, we can get high results. If they don't, it, it's hard to get results. It's the same like if you want to learn, let's imagine French, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. you can find the best tutor online, the best coach. But if you don't want to do it, anybody can help yeah. you. Uh, can you, uh, let's imagine you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. It's your first day in this company, uh, in this niche, what will you do You do today if you start from scratch? Oh, in my company? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's imagine you're hired yeah. <laughs> into your company. Okay. Um, so I would, oh, I don't know. Um, I'd make a plan. I'd make a list. I'm a great list maker. So <laughs> I'd make a whole list and kind of go, right, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm going to change. And this is how I would go from here. Um, I think that's it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's hard to reply to this question. And Joe, I want to ask about the future. It's my final question. You know, uh, I think, uh, uh big companies many companies uh, think about long strategy you know yeah it takes time to implement something uh to adapt and today technologies are coming fast we have ai uh, 
probably we can get uh, augmented reality because Facebook failed to create virtual reality. We'll see how it works, but uh, Apple is going to launch this head headphone. Yeah, I don't know, headset. Uh, and uh, yeah, we will get this augmented reality. So many things can change. Uh, can you forecast what kind of future will be and how we can adapt to, to this possible future? Oh, I suppose I can only talk about what I think the future of the kind of workplace will be. So the way that the trends are going in my industry is the fact that there is more flexibility. So people are embracing ergonomics. So if we look to the Scandinavian countries, they're about 10 years ahead of us. Um, whereas things like sit-stand desks are standard there. They've just started coming in here. So um, I see a reality where people are working and it's fluid between either home or work, but people have got really good setups in both that you've got dedicated space within people's homes to actually have proper workstations. And actually a lot of people, maybe the office won't even exist at all. It will just be a space where we go and have big meetings and we're all working at home. And then we're all communicating with things like webcams and things like that. Um, I think things would be a little bit sadder if that was the case, because I think particularly younger people need interaction. And you learn better when you're in person as opposed to online. But what there might be is that there's kind of stages so that effectively the older you get, the more time you spend working at home. But the younger you are, you're actually within a kind of more in, in space training environment. And then you actually leave and then start to progress towards actually working at home full time as well. So I would say that that's it i don't ever see a place in the future where the office has disappeared completely i just think it would change a lot as to what we've been used to up until now mm -hmm. nice nice awesome awesome love it love it job you know i'm not familiar with this niche but i know exactly it's very important i'm going to learn a lot more about that i know it's important if you want to grow if you want to make people happy you need to do it and think how to implement. It's a big pleasure to get in my show, to learn from you. I love it. I'm going yeah. to learn more. You know, uh, that's why I follow you on LinkedIn. Uh, oh, tell, you. Yeah, tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Okay, so best way to follow me is I'm Joe Blood on LinkedIn. Um, our YouTube channel is probably one of the best ways to follow us because we actually put a lot of videos up there. And if there is, if you're having a specific problem at home, send me a message through the YouTube channel and just say, can you please do a video on this? And we'll schedule it in and we'll do it. But we've got lots of information about there about working at the right height, working with your city on a gym ball, what to stack, whether to stand at the right height. So the YouTube channel is a great way to get information. Um, if you want to contact us directly, um, if you look up our website, posturepeople.co.uk, then you can always send us an email and we will do our very best to help you. Nice, nice. Guys, you can find all the links to LinkedIn account, to YouTube channel, to the website in the description below. Listen us, us on oh. Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Love it. So Thanks valuable. Very much. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that people like you can make uh, change the average data from 70% 
okay, it's it's hard to get zero percent. Let's be honest. But if we decrease this number, will be great. Even one percent, even two percent, even a few percent will be great because it's important to be happy. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.